the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. How is it that you are an overcomer? Well, it's a good question, and we have a great answer for you next. Join us. To be an overcomer, one who overcomes the temptations and the wiles of our enemy, Satan. How do we do that? Well, the key to it can be found here in Revelation chapter 12, verses 7 through 12. Welcome. This is Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman, from the well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. As mentioned, we're back in Revelation chapter 12 today, looking at verses 7 through 12, and we see how saints overcome Satan. It's through the word of your testimony. For the details now, our teacher and pastor, Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. We're going to examine this particular passage. I'm not going to get into the depths of the eschatology that's associated with it. When I say eschatology, I'm talking about the study of the end times, those things that take place uh, right at the end of the age as Jesus Christ returns to the earth. All these things have been mapped out and laid out through the scriptures, whether it's the book of Revelations, whether it's the book of Daniels, which is the Old Testament equivalent of Revelations. It's the second revelation, people would say. Whether you're talking about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, those, uh, those gospels, and in them Jesus begins to talk a little bit about the end times, the book of Revelations, though, is the one that really gives us an in-depth look at what's going to happen at the end of the age. I don't want to really get into the depths of this, but I want you to see something here that's important for all of us, not only just for what's going on, going to happen in the end times, but what's happening right now in our lives. Revelation chapter 12, verse 7, on down to 12. Apostle John is, is receiving revelation from God, has obviously has given us uh, a detailed description of things that are going to take place, and we have to take heed to these things. Look what he says. And a war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in the heavens any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of the brethren. Do you know that that's the devil's job is to bring accusation against you? The Bible calls him the accuser of the brethren. 
He brings accusation after accusation after accusation before God to try to discredit us and to discredit in some ways the work in which God has done within us. He says, for the, for the accuser of the brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. Now look at verses 11 and 12. And they, those who were accused, overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Somebody say the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. For the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, because he knows that his time, or that he has a short time. And so what I want to, what I want to highlight here is three things. They, when it comes to wrestling with the enemy, dealing with the spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places, dealing with demons, dealing with the devil, dealing with temptation, dealing with all the pressure that comes with living in a fallen world. We have to be very clear that these individuals who were brethren, individuals who were saved, who knew Christ, who had the testimony of Christ, they overcame the enemy and all that the enemy brought by the, by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. It says, by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their life unto the death. But I want to focus in on the word of their testimony. And this is what I want to talk to you guys about this morning, the word of your testimony. There's power in the word of your testimony. Your testimony is real. Your testimony is, is alive, it is active. And I think it's so important that we understand the importance of testifying, understanding the value of this in our lives. What has God done in your life? What is God doing in your life? And what will God do in your life? This is the essence of really our testimony. And so Revelation chapter 12, we see very clearly here that they overcame them by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and they did not love their life unto the death. The word testimony here, in the Greek, it means a witness. It means a witness. It says, that which someone witnesses or states concerning a person or a thing. It is a declaration by a witness who speaks with the authority, now this is the key, with the authority of one who knows what they're talking about. Okay, so I want to read this again. This is important. A witness, that which someone witnesses or states concerning a person or thing. It is a declaration by a witness who speaks with the authority of one who knows. I'm speaking with the authority because I know. It's not just something I'm thinking about. It's something that I know. And when it comes to our lives, first and foremost, we have to know that Jesus died, that he was buried, and he rose from the, from the grave for our justification. It has to be very, very clear concerning the testimony of Christ that he died, he was buried, and he rose from the, from the grave for my justification. I am clear on that. There's no mistaking that. I can testify of that. 
I, I clearly understand that. There's no way anyone else can persuade me to think any differently than what I've, what I've been fully persuaded of, and that is Jesus died for my sins. Can I have an amen, y'all? He was buried, and he rose from the grave for my justification. That is settled. I don't care what the devil says. I don't care what the, the secular humanists say. I don't care what anyone says. That is a fact, Jack. Can I have an amen? We have to be clear on that. But then, along with that, it's important that when it comes to our life, we really understand and we're, when we learn to talk about and testify about what God has done for you in your past. It breaks chains, it liberates, it frees not only you, but it frees other people when we begin to talk about what Christ has done for us in our past. Your past, although sometimes we want to forget it, we have to keep in mind it's a part of what God delivered you from and what God did in your life. And for so many people, they, they, they don't want to talk about, listen, I, I wasn't always, I haven't been saved all my life, but God. And, and, and we have to learn to testify about what Jesus has done for you. What has he done for you? And how often do you tell people about that? How often do you remind the devil of who you used to be? And what God did, has done in your life. How often when the enemy brings accusation against you, when he strives, or people. I remember you, Napoleon. You stole my big wheel. You know, it's, it's important for us to keep in mind, but yes, that's what I used to do. And that's who I was. But Jesus came into my life. And he shed his blood for me, and he delivered. Does anybody have a testimony around here? What we learn to do is to begin to talk. When you know you've been freed from your past, you can talk about your past. Because it's your past. And you can talk about how God was gracious and merciful and got into your situation. Well, the devil doesn't like you talking about that. Because we overcome him by the word of our testimony. My testimony is... That Jesus came in and saved my life. And when we learn to testify about this, talk openly about it with our friends, with our family members, with our co-workers. Then we get out in the community and we let people know that there's hope in Jesus because if he could do it for me, then he can do it for you. And we learn to tell people about this. And this is a part of how we overcome the enemy is by opening our mouths and beginning to share what Jesus has done in my past. We begin to share that even when I was not walking with God, I can see how God was blessing me, how God was moving in my life. And, and he was orchestrating things to get me to the place that I'm at now because, he, because of his vast love for humanity. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You know that even when you wasn't saved, God was blessing your life. You talk about, you start to learn that, man, this is, this is my testimony. I'm telling the truth. This is the fact. I can talk as one that has authority because this is what God did in my life. And I'm going to talk about it openly. The enemy doesn't want people to do that. 
And this is how he overcomes them. He suppresses the truth and unrighteousness. He tells people, nobody wants to hear about that. You don't, don't open your mouth about that. Because he knows that in you sharing, you're releasing hope into another person so that they can come out of their bondage and get free from the enemy. Can I have an amen in here? This is what the enemy wants to do. They overcame him. Let me show you a passage of scripture here. Acts chapter 26. This is a good example of what I'm talking about when it comes to our past. Apostle Paul is testifying before King Agrippa. And, and he begins to talk about his past. And it's, it's liberating to hear him share what, what Jesus did for him. Acts chapter 26, verse 12. As he's sitting before King Agrippa in these, he begins to go into his testimony. He says, while thus occupied, as I journeyed to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priest, at midday, O king, along the road I saw a light from heaven. Brighter than the sun, shining around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we all had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me saying in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But arise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness. That's the same Greek word. Both of the things which you have seen and of the things which will yet be yet revealed, which I will yet reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you. To open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. That they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Look at this. Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. But declare first to those in Damascus and in Jerusalem. And throughout all the region of Judea. And then to the Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God and do works befitting repentance. And for these reasons, the Jews seized me in the temple and tried to kill me. He says, therefore, having obtained help from God to this day, I stand. Witnessing. Somebody say witnessing. Somebody say witnessing. He says, witnessing both to small and great, saying no other things than those which the prophet and Moses said would come, that the Christ would suffer, that he would be first to rise from the dead and would proclaim the light to the Jewish people and to the Gentiles. Can I have an amen? And so in this moment, what does Apostle Paul do? He doesn't go into some five-page lecture on this and that. He doesn't start prophesying. He doesn't start calling down fire from heaven. He stops and he starts to recount to them that which he knows to be fact. And that is his personal experience with the Lord Jesus Christ. 
He talks about his past. He talks about his conversion. He talked about what Jesus did for him. And I think it's important for all of us here that we get this fixed and ingrained in our hearts and our minds. What Jesus has done for you was for you. Start to talk about it because you overcome the enemy by the words of your testimony. The devil cannot erase what Jesus did for you. He cannot say that that was a lie because it is your testimony. You are on the witness stand and you are giving the facts before God and before all of heaven that Jesus, can I have an amen, that Jesus did this for me. I don't know about everybody else, but I was blind, but now I see. Apostle Paul stopped here in front of King Agrippa and all those who were watching and listening. And he said, this is this is what I know. This is what he did. They tried to kill me because of my testimony. He said, but God was my help. And I think it's important that when we learn to testify, we learn to stand flat footed and begin just to talk. And we don't have to know every single thing in the Bible. And you don't have to be a theologian. And you don't have to be a person that knows every scripture and can remember everything by heart. I want to say that it's good if you do those things, but it's even better if you just testify about what Jesus has done in your personal life. It's even better to stop closing your mouth when in moments when God wants you to open your mouth and just tell somebody about what Jesus did for you. And no, you may not be perfect. And no, Jesus may still be working on you, but but he's brought he's he's got you to this point and to the point that he's got you testify by that. This is what Jesus did in my life, and this is how we overcome. And we when we learn to do this, it gets fear off of us. It gets condemnation off us. It gets guilt off us. It gets that little accuser that's in your head. It gets him out of your head when you begin to talk about who Jesus, what Jesus has done for you. And not just talk about it, talk about what Jesus has done for you, just with people that are your close associates. But when's the last time you shared your testimony with somebody you don't know? When's the last time you stopped somebody and say, hey, man, this, yeah, I'm struggling. I need, well, let me, let me tell you what Jesus did for me. If he did it for me, he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He can do it for me. You need to get free from depression. He can get you free. I'm telling you right now. You need to get freed from different things. Jesus can do it. And we learn to testify. Now, we need to know our Bibles. We need to get into the Scripture. But when your, when your Scriptures and your testimony begin to flow together, you become an unstoppable force, and the devil doesn't know what to do with you. When your testimony and God's word begins to just flow out of you freely, your testimony, talking to people about your past is important also because it helps people to see that everybody in the church isn't perfect. God's working on us, but then at the same time, it helps people to see that, man, if these people can get free, I can get free, I, I, and we learn to testify. People, they stop and they and they close their mouth and they say, well, you know, nobody cares that that God did this for me. Well, you never know. You can be God could have brought you out of the very thing that somebody just needs a little bit of hope. That's what we talk about. We talk about homosexuals openly in this church. 
You know how many homosexuals come to this church and get delivered and set free, set in their right mind and got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. And now some of them married, having kids. They're doing all kinds of stuff. That God done changed their life. I laugh at it. Are you serious, man? What do you mean you can't change? I done seen too many people change. That's my testimony. You can't tell me that people can't change. Yes, they can change. We saw them change right here in this church. What you mean? You can't be faithful to your wife. Yes, you can. You know how many people we've seen come to the church? God delivered them out of that and set them free, and they are happily married and being faithful in their marriages. What you mean you can't get off drugs? The devil is a lie. We didn't see so many people get off drugs in this church. You crazy, man. That's our testimony. Jesus could do it for you, too. We learn to talk about this stuff openly because God wants to set people free, and, and we overcome by the word of our testimony. Can I have an amen? We talk about God delivering us in our past, but what about the present? We need to talk about what God has done, but we also need to talk about what God is doing. Go to 1 Peter chapter 1, and we're going to look at this. Verse 1 on down to 5. What is he doing? It says here in verse 1, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the pilgrims of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God, uh, of God the Father and sanctification of the Spirit for obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Look at this. Who are kept, somebody say kept, who are kept by the power of God through what? Faith who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, he says, ready to be revealed in the last time. He says, who are kept by the power of God through faith. So Jesus, he did it for me, but then he's doing it for me. He did it for me in my past, but he's doing it for me. He's keeping me by the power of God through the release of my faith. If I believe that I can be kept, I will be kept. If I stay focused on God's keeping power in my life, I will be kept. So it's not just about what Jesus did for me. It's also about what he's doing for me. And I have to keep in mind that, that it's my responsibility to testify about what he's doing for me in terms, now watch this, of his keeping ability. The devil hates it. When we begin to talk about how God is our shield, is our buckler, how he is our very present help in a time of need, that he is our way maker, that we can count on him, that he is our keeper, that he is our sustainer, that he is our uplifter. 
that he's our encourager, that he is here today and will stay today and be with me tomorrow. We, he doesn't like it when, he, when Jesus tells us to take no thought for tomorrow. Sufficient of the day is his own troubles. He doesn't like it when the Bible says for us to, to, uh, to, to, to pray to our God and to ask him for our daily bread, that we are kept by God. And, and it's a matter of our faith. So we got to learn to testify. This is what Jesus did, but this is what he's doing in my life. He's keeping me. He's sustaining me. He's with me. And I'm kept by this power in my life as I continue to release my faith. And part of the way in which I release my faith is I testify. What is God doing in my life right now? He's keeping me. He's blessing me. And you're listening to Pastor Napoleon Kaufman here today on Times of Refreshing. Our desire is to see you grow in Christ through the daily ministry of God's Word. And as you take time to spend with us studying God's Word, we trust you are being encouraged in Christ. You can reach out to us by phone, 925-292-7800, 925-292-7800, or write to us, Times of Refreshing. 2333 Nissan Drive, Livermore, California. The zip code is 94551. You're also welcome to visit our website, thewellchurch.net. It's a great place to visit if you would like information regarding who we are, where we meet, what we're about. Past sermons are available online there, as well as our online store. And you can even get connected with us there. Again, thewellchurch.net. I would invite you to join us on either our church app, at our website, thewellchurch.net, or on our YouTube channel for our weekly message at 1030. Pastor Napoleon will share a message from the Lord just like he used to with his program, Hope of Glory. And remember to be faithful as well during this time of challenge with your giving. You can give online through our website, through the church app, or by mail to the church office. And we are praying and standing on His truths during this time and remembering that God is in control and we're praying for you. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless.